Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Monday, October the 17th. And I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Dr. Niall Boyce, for this uh, special series podcast. We're launching a new series on an initiative that we've covered before in the Lancet, but not for four years, and that is global mental health. Welcome, Niall. And, and first of all, tell us what's happened. I know you weren't here at the time, yes. from, from four years ago when we published the first Lancet Global Mental Health series. There's been a great swell of interest in this area, and specifically there is now a movement, isn't there, for global mental health. Tell us about that movement. The movement for global mental health started with the Lancet series on global mental health in 2007, which was really a landmark both for the Lancet and for, I think, the area of mental health in general. Now, the movement is essentially a coalition. It consists of institutions and individuals from the entire mental health community. So these include people who use mental health services. These include doctors and nurses and other workers who deliver mental health services from all over the world. The aim is really very simple, which is to scale up the services that people so badly need on the twin principles of evidence and of human rights. And when we're talking about global mental health in this series, are we talking about global health in the way we often talk about it in The Lancet? Are we talking about the poorest countries of the world? Or are we talking about it both across the richer, westernised societies as well as poorer countries, e.g. in sub-Saharan Africa? Well, obviously, the focus is on countries of low and middle income. However, I think that many of the issues which are covered in this series really apply everywhere to psychiatric or mental health services, whatever you want to call them, in any country, specifically the issue of, say, human rights. Which we'll come to in a minute. Mm. One of the series papers focuses specifically on that. But just to be clear, the context for, for this series, it's being launched today in Cape Town in South Africa. What's happening at that meeting? Well, at the launch, we're going to hear from the authors of uh, all six of the papers. We're going to have an update on progress since 2007. But we're also hoping to renew the agenda uh, for the future of global mental health. Let's talk now a bit about the series, because four years ago, the main message was this was a massively neglected area. That's still basically the problem, isn't it? There is still an absolutely massive shortfall of mental health workers. One of the papers in the series, which is really on, on the disparities in global mental health, uh, the lead author on that is Ritsuko Kakuma from Melbourne. That just paints a terrible picture. The estimated total number of mental health care workers needed in the 58 uh, countries which would be designated of, as of low and middle income was 362,000 in 2005, which is an absolutely massive shortfall. What does that figure mean, Niall? It's not necessarily 362,000 mental health doctors, is it? There is this concept, isn't there, of task sharing and having the right kind of healthcare infrastructure in low-income countries to deal with mental health. Yes, I mean, I think one of the popular images of psychiatry is firstly that it's a hugely specialised area and secondly that any intervention will take an extremely long time in a sort of psychoanalytic Freudian way. But in fact, there are very simple measures which can be put in place by people who aren't necessarily specially trained psychiatrists, who haven't been through the whole process of medical school. These things can make a difference. And briefly now, just walk us through the headlines, just top line stuff from, from the actual series papers, just to give listeners an idea of the variety here so people can look them up online. They're all, all the papers, by the way, are freely available on thelancet.com. Well, I think the first two papers in particular have a very important message. The first is on poverty and mental disorders and about breaking the cycle. And the second is about child and adolescent mental health worldwide and the shortfall in services and the evidence needed for action. I think these are very interesting papers and have a very strong message because what they're saying is that if you address mental health problems 
it is not only a humanitarian investment, it's also a financial investment that it will help to uh, relieve poverty and it's really a way of, of building uh, for future prosperity. Paper 3 is on mental health and psychosocial support in humanitarian settings and as we know whenever there's any sort of natural disaster or man-made disaster there's now an emphasis in the media on psychological interventions. However the evidence for this is really not all that, that one would hope it would be. And there is a need to, to bridge that gap between what's done on the ground and the evidence base for it. The fourth paper is on the scale-up of services for mental health in low-income and middle-income countries. And this involves the concept of task sharing, uh, which I've just spoken about. That is, is also a theme carried through to the paper on human resources for mental health care and the strategies for future action. The final paper, I think, is a, a very important message indeed. And this is on the human rights violations of people with mental and psychosocial disabilities. The subheading, if you like, for this paper is an unresolved global crisis. And looking at the evidence in this paper, crisis is really the, the only word that you can apply to the situation. We hear the word human rights a lot. A couple of years ago, we, we ran a themed issue on disability, where yes. human rights was very much seen as the way to move forward in changing people's perceptions towards disability. Would you say that's the same kind of idea that you're using now for mental health? Oh yes, I would absolutely say that. And one of the things about human rights is that there's an element of give and take in them, in that you can set up mechanisms and institutions to protect human rights, but you also need to empower the individuals to demand those rights and to stand up for those rights. And I think that one of the comments we have in this series is, is particularly apposite in this regard. Charlene Sunkel, who runs a patient advocacy service in South Africa, who herself was uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia in 1991, uh, has written a very good comment for us, and indeed a, a quote from this comment has made the cover of the issue, which is, um, an emphasis should be placed on empowerment of people with mental health disorders so that they can be advocates for themselves and provide a voice to the voiceless. And how hopeful are you as this conference is about to take place, that there really can be a sustained momentum in not just raising the issues, raising the profile here, the advocacy side of it, but actually delivering in health terms, because surely one of, and this is an obvious question, surely one of the most basic challenges when, when you're talking about the poorest countries of the world, where they have poor, limited or non-existent, in some cases, health system infrastructure, you're going to be in competition with some basic health issues to do with sometimes water, sanitation, infectious diseases, chronic diseases. How can mental health be really part of that overall picture? I think mental health is the most basic health issue, actually. I think that if you look at, well, even say the prevalence of schizophrenia, the prevalence of that is 1%. That's an absolutely huge number of people worldwide. And that if this issue isn't addressed, Alongside these other very important issues you mentioned, I think that any health approach anywhere is essentially incomplete. Indeed. Well, I think that's a, a great way to end the podcast. And I would urge listeners, do please read the series and its associated comments on thelancet.com. It's published Monday, October the 17th. Many thanks indeed to Dr. Niall Boyce, and I hope the launch goes well in Cape Town, South Africa. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.